keys, tackle box in my hand Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man But the wife, she just don't understand I love walleye, perch, trout and bass And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me When I'm fishing for bun in country Coming up today, we talk to the champions of the Knights of Columbus Walleye Classic. The 20th anniversary celebration meant a check for $20,000 to Team Lucky, better known as Kelly Curb and Son Riley Curb. Plus, Chris Thury talks about the upcoming Bemidji Cast Muskies Inc. tournament this weekend. And we talk with Dr. Andy Hafes, the aquatic biologist. It's all coming up. Welcome to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. The 20th Annual Knights of Columbus Walleye Classic has come to an end, and we have champions. They can't cash their checks till they do their Fish and Paul Bunyan Country interview. I made that rule up on the spot. We got the uh, champions of the uh, 20th anniversary of the Knights of Columbus Walleye Classic, Riley and Kelly Curb. Congratulations, guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. All right, so uh, 20000 bucks on the line this year. Um, how long have you guys been fishing the tournament? Well, Rob and I have probably been fishing the tournament for 10 years, maybe. Uh, and I've been fishing the tournament for probably 20 years. I don't know how long it's been around, but I've been fishing every year. So. Okay. Well, it's been, yeah, 20 years. And, Riley, you've been with your dad the last 10. What was prior this year? What was the highest you guys have done? Uh, I think we got six a couple years ago. Got a seven, a couple ninths. So, yeah, yeah. Had you guys ever won the uh, the Legacy Award for Top Father Son before? I, we did. I can't remember what year that was. I think it might have been the first year we fished, 2010, 2009, something like that. I got so riled up about naming you guys champs, I forgot to say you, you won that award too, so you guys were double winners this year. Perfect. Sounds great to us. That's awesome. Riley, where were you finding the fish today? You know, we were finding them right in the weeds, if not on the outside of the weeds, in like eight and a half to nine feet. Um... We just really focused in on the weed bite, and it's what we have confidence in. We just fish the way we knew how to fish. Is there any particular spot on the lake that was working better for you guys? Uh, the east side over there in the big wind, that's where the fish got a little more active for us. First spot we went to wasn't very good. Second spot, that was our second spot, and that ended up producing the fish that we needed to win. So uh, it was a good move. Well, as a dad, what's it like to win a tournament with your son? I'll try not to tear up. <laughs> How's that? that? That that's the answer. It's, okay. it's hard. I mean, it's unbelievably, no, it's unbelievable. That is. What what about you, Riley? As the son? Yeah, it's great. You know, he's taught me everything, and I look up to him. You know, we bicker every now and then, and I get a little hot in the boat, and I try not to get too upset. But we, uh, yeah, it's great. I we I've wanted to win one this one with him so bad to get him to win it twice. You know, and so it's it's amazing. You know, I, I've got a son. He gets a little heated, too. It doesn't really bother us, does it? No, it doesn't bother us at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way it is. Yeah. We just go with the flow. We, They know they're excited, and they want to do well. And uh, uh, so. You know, you're used to winning a few tournaments. Uh, you, you won a couple over Leech Lake with your buddy Jim Sutton to, a couple times, too. Oh, absolutely. Jim and I won that tournament back-to-back, and Jim and I won the Kraus before, 2007, I think it was. Uh, he's a great fisherman, and, and so is this young man. But uh, it, it, it's the partners that uh, do everything for us. It's a two-man team, that's for sure. So what would you say is each of your strengths? 
Jeez, I don't know. We fish just so similar that we we kind of think alike, and we we just like pulling minnows in the in shallow water. That's kind of our bread and butter, and we like to throw jigs a little bit. But I'd say just we both like to run minnows, shallow red tails, creek chubs, and that's kind of what we always focus in on. We've kind of gone away from that a little bit in the past, so to focus in and do it and just stick to it and do what we know how to do it. That's what kind of we work well together. So um, do you guys just go out and fish for fun at times? Oh, we do. Once in a while, you know, we'll go out, leak out, or we'll go up to Rainy Lake and fish together and and uh, love spending time in the water and fishing, and and uh, it's a great activity to really enjoy. About how many tournaments a year do you guys fish? Well, I'm probably going to get in a little bit of trouble, but I'm doing like seven this year, so... I, yeah, usually not that many, but yeah, it's about seven. He's kind of got cut short a little bit with the Walker tournament being not going, so yeah. Well, I don't know. The, the, the number of tournaments he's won, I, you've, you've probably won more money than some pro anglers have won. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but the, those fishermen are good out there. But uh, yeah, I've been very fortunate to be lucky enough to uh, have the partners I've had. Are you guys strictly walleye guys? or? Yeah, for the most part. Winter and summer, I just pretty much stick to walleyes, yep. What about you, Kelly? Yeah, just walleyes for the most part. I like eating them, I like catching them. So, <laughs> um, you know, obviously it was a little odd this year. Things didn't work the way that anybody of us wanted to, but uh, you guys, uh, you never affected you guys. Good for you, but what were you thinking as you we paused and we went back? Uh, what were you thinking? You know, right when we came in, somebody told us we were leading at 2 o'clock, and I was cool as a cucumber, and I was feeling great. And then 45 minutes later, I started maybe getting a little anxious and kind of wondering, like, you know, where are we at? Where are we at? Because you, you're so happy with what you did that day, no matter if you got first, second, third. You know, people are coming up saying kind of, you guys did great. You might win it. It's like you're just so anxious. Yeah. What were you thinking? Uh, I just figured somebody was going to come in and probably nick us out because there's a lot of good fishermen out there. And, you know, we came in, they still had another hour to fish. Uh, so this, this fishing tournament stuff is, it can break your heart a lot of times. And, uh, but just not this time. What's the next one for you? I'm going to go fish a tournament down Leech Lake, just a one day deal. Uh, and that, and then I'll probably do a fall tournament and that'll be about it for me. Now, have you won this tournament before? Yeah, Jim Sutton and I won this tournament. Uh, like I said, I think it was 2007. Okay. We might have won. I'm not okay. sure what it exactly was. Uh, yeah, but we have. Yeah. Okay. So two times here, two times at Leech Lake. Yes, uh, that's been uh, a hell of a ride. Yeah. They're gonna be you. Next time they oh god, here come the curves. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's pretty cool to grow up fishing with him and getting all his tips and tricks. Him keeping me in line. They are the $20,000 winners of the 20th annual Knights Columbus Walleye Classic. Great day for Riley and Kelly Curve. Guys, once again, congratulations. Thanks for taking the time to visit with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Appreciate everything you guys do. 
Well, I just want to take a moment and thank the Knights of Columbus for letting me be a part of this event the last five years since they have taken over what was the Krauss Anderson Walleye Classic. It's a great tournament, and really it's been a great tournament for 20 years. Krauss Anderson, Knights of Columbus have both done tremendous work in building this tournament up and running it smoothly. I'm really proud to be able to be a part of it, and I'm really proud to work with the Knights of Columbus, a great organization, does a lot of great things for the community, and worked really hard to put on a great event for Bemidji. So I just wanted to tip my hat to the Knights and all the anglers. I love meeting up with the anglers. What a great group of guys. 120 teams, and I didn't talk to all of them, but over the years, I think I probably have talked to everybody who was in that tournament at one time or another, and just cool guys out having fun and doing great things for our community. And we're not done with tournaments. There's another big tournament coming up this Saturday in the Bemidji area. Chris Thury of the Bemidji Cast Muskies Inc. chapter has the details on that next. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Well, we just wrapped up one tournament, and now we're getting ready for another one. And it's a, it's a long-term tournament as well. We celebrated the 20th anniversary of the Knights Columbus Walleye Classic. We're uh, shifting species, and it's the 23rd annual Bemidji Cast Lake Muskies Inc. Chapters Big Tournament. And it's coming up this Saturday. Chris Thury of the committee joins me. Chris, thanks for being here today. Thank, thank you for having us on. So this tournament, uh, as I noted, has been going on a long, long time. It's quite a tradition of uh, June in the Bemidji area. Yes, it is. June typically is a good big fish month for us here in uh, for Muskies, Inc. and Muskies in general. So uh, June's always a good time. So this year, one of the changes is Lake Bemidji is not one of the lakes you can fish. What's going on with that? Well, the Bemidji chain, basically from Bemidji through Marquette, was taken off this year due to all the fishing pressure from other tournaments. So basically, we still have plenty of water with the Cass Lake chain and man trap and big and plantagenet. You know, I guess that's good for overall for the economy of the area with walleye and bass tournaments being so popular. And unfortunately, with Canada still being closed, I think that just gave it more pressure. So we're okay with that. Yeah, you've got plenty of good water uh, for muskies. Plantan's got plenty. Cass has plenty. Little Wolf, Big, Mantrap, all very good lakes. Mantrap is one that I think could be interesting. It's really kind of come into its own the last couple of years. Yes, it has. It did. Uh, I think the winner came out of Mantrap once out of our lake the last four years in our event. And then the uh, Frank Schneider event September a couple years ago, I believe the winner came out of that one. So uh, it's a nice little gem. There's plenty of them in the area. So the the tournament works, I'm presuming it's it's strictly based on inches, the most inches wins? Well, yeah, total inches combined. So you can actually get, if you get two fish, we just uh, add them up together. The fish do have to be a minimum 40 inches to qualify. And unlike other years, this year we're going to use the Tourney Angler app for uh, verification of picture and hero shot and so forth. So we're kind of stepping up into the 21st century <laughs> by uh, using apps. And the Tourney Angler app has been very popular with a lot of the walleye and bass events here. So because of that, you know, we're, you know, we're a little more old school than other events. Well, we decided, you know, it's about time we do this. You know, when COVID came in, we were... We like in-person events, but, you know, due to that, we had to make some changes. And even though we seem to be coming out of it at this point, we're going to go ahead and give it a try this year. 
Um, it's very important that those folks that have signed up and that will sign up get on the Attorney Angler app. It's easy to sign in and then just practice just taking pictures and registering fish. So uh, I hope this all works out. I think it will be very successful for us also going forward. And that is coming up this Saturday. Uh, how do you get registered? And, uh, and and just give us a run-through of how it's going to play out on Saturday. Okay, uh Fishing starts at 5 a.m. and runs till 4. You can register with us. You, you can only register with us online at Bemidji Cast Lake Muskies, Inc. It's very easy to register. Sometime middle of the week here, we'll open up the entire Turning Angler app so people can start signing in, getting their team's names filled out and do all that, and then they can start practicing on the app. That's the only real concern I have is that people have to get on their phone and they have to practice entering fish. And it's very important to do that, you know, a handful of times so you're very comfortable. Because, you know, when you get a big fish on, it's one thing to get a fish and work hard all day to get it. Now you've got to enter it. The bump board and then a hero shot. This is all done via the app. And it's a web-based app. So it's a little different, but basically it's very easy to use. And, again, the folks that do the walleye bass tournaments through Trinity Angler had nothing but positive comments for, the, for this uh, setup. So we feel that this will work out real well. Well, and, you know, you've always been kind of that kind of a tournament. Uh, most musky tournaments are catch, photo, release, and now this just gives an easier way maybe of keeping tabs of those inches. Oh, sure. That and, uh, you know, we, the verification, just like anything else, we verify. Uh, there, there will also be a leaderboard on it, so it will update that as we go. I still have to verify along with other members of the tournament committee will verify the length and so forth. But it's nice that uh, this kind of cleans everything up. Uh, there is one thing on the Turning Angler app I want to mention. It's not going to be uh, required for this event this year, but there's also a release camera option, too. So you can also take a video of, of you releasing your fish. And this is a live release tournament. So you have to catch the fish, make sure it swims away alive in order for it to qualify. And we're not going to ask for a release shot or release video this year, but it's something nice to show, to have on there to kind of play with. So. Okay. I, I encourage our anglers uh, to use that app or use that feature. They get used to that as well. And it's nice to replay releasing a fish, too. But how many people normally fish this tournament? Well, we shoot for about 100 every year. That's kind of what we were averaging. But due to COVID and the hot weather, we'll see what happens. I just came from an event down the city where they normally have over 500. They had 461 people in it, so it was down. Uh, we currently have uh, 52 people signed up which includes uh, nine youth anglers, and that's really the goal of our event. We have two financial goals, and that is to donate $1,000 to the BSU Aquatic Scholarship Program, and then we also, any youth that enters the event, will draw a name out of a hat, and they'll receive a lifetime youth license. Nice. Via the club. So we're, we're well past, you know, covering those expenses. Now we just need more anglers so we can get our purse to climb up there a little bit. And normally that happens. The last couple of days before the event, we get individuals that sign up based on weather and other commitments. And if it looks good, then they sign up towards the later part of the week. So we're generally about where we should be. I would think weather-wise, it sounds like it's going to be ideal, not, not in those upper 90s or anything like that, like it was a couple of weeks ago. Weather should be great. And quite frankly, if it was raining this year, I think a lot of people would be happy to fish in the rain. I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> uh, I hope the water temps you know, stay below 80 and so forth. Uh, most musky anglers are pretty responsible handling fish and so forth. Uh, they may fish early in the morning, take a break in the afternoon, and then just fish around the 
moonset and sunrise times and so forth. But uh, the event runs 5 a.m. to 4, so we'll see how it goes this year. $60 for adults, $30 for youth. That's 17 and under, and you can do that online. You also, I, I see here, have a, a chapter challenge. Tell us what that's about. Well, basically any chapter, we have a plaque, and basically any chapter that wants to, to take it away from us as far as being the chapter with the most fish caught for a $50 entry fee that all gets donated uh, to the college, we'll put their name on a plaque in, of, the, of the chapter that, Outfishes Bemidji chapter. That had happened a few times, but normally we have pretty tough local musky area fishermen up here, and generally we bring it home. But, you know, once in a while, Twin Cities and Fargo will come over and Brainerd will come and take it from us. And then we just redo it again next year. So you get registered online and you start fishing at 5 a.m. There's no takeoff your headquarters or the tavern, but you're not taking off from the tavern. That's that's more for wrap-up, nope. correct? No, pick your lake and be on your spot at 5 a.m. We are a fairly solitary bunch, the musky community. <laughs> so, no, we don't uh, like shotgun starts and so forth. You just pick your lake, be respectful of others on the water, you know, respect their spots and other anglers that are out there. And uh, that's pretty much how it goes. And that's kind of how we like it. And then how will it all wrap up after 4? Four? 4 o'clock, verify the fish, and at 5 o'clock, I'll post the live board results. I would like to meet people, you know, that, that qualify for the top prizes. But, you know, with COVID, I know it's, we're just coming out of it, but we're not making it an actual requirement to come and meet me. But some folks still would like to come and show the pictures off and verify everything. We'd like to be able to, our one through four winners, the youth winner, big fish winner, we would like to have a photograph, if possible, of them receiving their cash award. And generally, if folks are good with that, that's great. Five o'clock at the tavern. If uh, folks are a little, you know, they're still a little COVID shy, I understand, and that's their right to be that way, then we'll figure, we'll mail them a check, figure something out there. But still being respectful at this time. So I know we're coming out of it, but we'll be a little flexible. And again, you register online at BemidjiCassMuskies.org, BemidjiCassMuskies.org, slash tournament, actually. Is there a cutoff? I mean, if somebody decides at 7 a.m. they want to start at that point, can they? Nope. You have to pre-sign up actually by Friday midnight, or I believe 5 a.m. the registration cuts off. Okay. But if folks have any questions or concerns, they can give me a call, and I'll be more than happy to answer their questions for them. So I know you mentioned uh, $1,000 of the proceeds goes towards a VSU Aquatic Scholarship. What are typically some of the other uh, things that uh, Muskie's Inc. chapter here in Bemidji likes to spend their money on? Well, we also help the DNR if they, if they come with a shortfall of stocking supplies. Uh, we'll help them out. We also donated money to uh, Wounded Bet fishing programs. We donated $500 to one earlier this year. Other than that, uh, we kind of look and see what, you know, folks might come to us. Can you donate this, some bait to a fishing club or the uh, camp out at Lake Laporte? I can't think of the name right now. We've donated lures and tackle and so forth to them. So we do a number of different things as it comes up. We also like to do volunteer just clean up at boat launches and so forth. Walk down to the launches and pick a bag, or a plastic bag, and pick up the trash that's hanging around. Uh, one thing about the folks in Bemidji, musky fishing or not, a lot of folks like keeping the area lake ramps clean. So that's good. That's good for tourists that come here and just an overall good vibe for the area. And again, the, the interesting thing is Lake Bemidji is not available this year. A lot of pressure to various other tournaments. So we're going to go with Cass Lake, Little Wolf, Big Lake, Plantagenet, 
and Mantrap in the Park Rapids area. Really five excellent muskie lakes and I think should provide plenty of action for most muskie anglers. Correct. To see everybody out there on the water. Hopefully everybody has a good fishing day. It's Chris Thury. He's from the Bemidji Cass Chapters of Muskie, Inc. They got their big tournament coming up this Saturday. Again, BemidjiCassMuskies.org slash tournament to get registered. Chris, thanks for taking the time today. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. One thing that always comes to the forefront of these tournaments is AIS, Aquatic Invasive Species. When you get all these boats going in and out of waters, makes you think about that. And... One of those that seems to be getting more and more populous in Paul Bunyan Country Waters are zebra mussels. We talked to the aquatic biologist, Dr. Andrew Hafes of Bemidji State University, about that on Fish in Paul Bunyan Country. Time to ask the aquatic biologist, Dr. Andrew Hafes, another tough question. Uh, these are all from his uh, his students, so they're uh, they're grilling the professor. Um, before we get into the the heart of this question, it involves plankton, and what I know about plankton is he's a bad guy in SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> so tell me what plankton really is. Okay. Uh, you know, there's zooplankton and then there's phytoplankton, so two different types of organisms that live in the water column, essentially. So uh, some of those are animal, and then others are those that uh, use photosynthesis. And so basically, I guess a, a layman's terms for that would be like algae and then daphne. Okay. I guess, I guess that, cause that's the genus, I guess. So they're just these little t- teeny things in, in the water that uh, certain organism, other organisms in the lake use for food sure yeah yeah very good well one of the the question that the student had was do zebra mussels which we hear so much about in so many of our lakes right now uh do they make it harder for plankton plankton to make and produce food that this is a a tough question um like many of them in ecology i guess my answer is yes and no right they one thing that the zebra mussels are really really good at is moving I guess, energy and nutrients from that water where the plankton live down onto the bottom of the lake. And so I know that uh, a study in the past that we had at BSU put some plates out in Lake Bemidji and then saw what happened when the zebra mussels would colonize those. And really, uh, it benefits some organisms. The macroinvertebrates down there in the bottom of the lake tend to thrive after that because there's a lot of the nutrients down in the bottom of the lake instead of in the water column. And so in this sense removing all of those nutrients and things like that that are up in the water down to the bottom, that makes it hard on the plankton. In the other sense, uh, the water is clearer, and so there's more light in the water column, and therefore those organisms that can make it might be able to photosynthesize, do photosynthesis a little bit better. And so I think my answer is largely yes, it makes it hard on them, because I think that that aspect taking the nutrients from the water column down to the bottom of the lake mm-hmm. is harder on them than the benefits they might get from increased light. Okay. Well, the thing, the, the one thing we know about zebra mussels is they just change everything. Right. Um, we know, you know, I didn't think Cast Lake could get clearer. Right. And yet it did. And it, it has changed uh, that walleye fishery hasn't changed the population, and it doesn't appear at this point. But it sure has changed when you can catch them, and you got to be willing to get up really, really early, and stay or stay up really, really late to catch walleyes on that lake now. And it's always been kind of that way, 
but it's become even more pronounced due to the zebra mussels. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, walleyes don't like light at all, right? No. And, uh-huh. and so they're much better at feeding in those low-light conditions. And this far north in Minnesota, it's only low-light uh, for a very short amount of time during the middle of summer. <laughs> so you've got to be up really late or really early, like you said. Um, that aspect of it, you know, you mentioned that it hasn't necessarily changed their population. That's interesting to see how how these fish have actually adapted to kind of shift prey and things like that. And that's kind of what it seems like, in my opinion, is going on, is that they've learned to focus on those invertebrates earlier on and, and change their food source a little bit. So, Fish are much more adaptable than humans pursuing fish are, it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, and we've even seen that Lake Winnie. I mean, Lake Winnie, which is famous for being kind of a cloudy lake, a lot of uh, stain in it, that's cleared up some. And we've seen plant growth where we hadn't seen it before. We've seen fish going deeper than they had before. It's it, it, Once again, was a learning curve on that lake as well. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, with those changes that you're going to see, you're going to see some changes in the fish community as well. Some fish do better in those clearer water vegetated conditions than others. And so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out in this part of the country. Well, I, you know, one thing that I think probably will be benefit from it, from what I understand, bass approve, uh, much approve of clear water much more than walleyes do. Yeah, for sure. When I was down in Arkansas, uh, they had zebra mussels get into one of their reservoirs there, and it cleaned up that reservoir quite a bit. It cleaned up. I mean, the water clarity increased. And the big thing that happened in that reservoir then was that the vegetation along the shore got much more dense, and the largemouth bass fishing actually got better. And they really like largemouth bass fishing down there. So that was interesting to see uh, that kind of positive change as a result of a negative you know, right. invasive species. So, Well, and, and I was talking to uh, a guy who fished Lake Erie on a regular basis. And to him, zebra mussels were the best thing that ever happened to that lake. It was, it was very, very dirty, very polluted. They cleaned it up, and he was thrilled. Of course, it hasn't affected hasn't affected walleyes on that lake at all either. So, and and of course that threw me for a loop because at the time I didn't know a lot. I I hadn't been talking to the aquatic biologist, <laughs> so I, all I knew is that zebra mussels bad. That's all I knew based on what people were telling me in Minnesota. And obviously, I think it is probably a negative anytime something is introduced that that hasn't been there that is not part of the natural fishery. But that was the first time I'd heard of positive results from. Zebra mussels. Yeah, ecosystems are complex, right? Mm-hmm. So these animals can adapt fairly well, and it'll be interesting to see what happens here in Lake Bemidji over the next decade. So, Well, that's the thing. We Again, we were saying, you know, one of the things we, we go to bed at night and, and as anglers to say, it hasn't affected the populations. It hasn't affected the populations to this point. Yeah. We, we don't, We it's really a wild card, right? That time frame, like, Night to night, month to month, even year to year for us is a fairly short time frame for that ecosystem. And um, it'll be, like I said, it'll be interesting to see what happens in a decade or even several decades and how things adapt uh, on the whole. That will be very interesting to watch. Have you heard of anything, and I know they're trying to solve the problem, and it's <laughs> they're trying to find a way to kill zebra mussels without destroying the rest of the fishery or uh, the rest of the ecosystem. Have you heard of any success stories in that regard? Um, not yet. Not that I've heard of. I know there's a lot of work being done on it, though, and a lot of funding being put towards it. So uh, that's going to be really interesting to watch and, and see how they, the researchers and the managers and everybody addresses this issue moving forward or if we just have to learn to live with them. 
One thing I did hear, and, and I, I don't know if it's anecdotal or if there's been evidence based on this, but it seems like uh, uh, apparently sturgeon like them. Really? So I don't know that I don't know that we can just go throw sturgeon in every lake, but <laughs> maybe lakes that have yeah. sturgeon are going to be uh, lesser affected by this. Who knows? We'll have to see. All right. Anything else on the subject of uh, zebra mussels that oh, we need to talk good. about today? Okay. Dr. Andrew Hafes is the aquatic biologist at Bemidji State University. Andy, um, if people are listening, that you know, student potential students listening that are interested in a field like this and, and want to take a look at Bemidji State, what's the what's the first steps to uh, to find out about the aquatic biology program? I'd say look at the the internet. You know, BSU. Bemidji State University, and you could type in aquatics, and that would probably pop up. Another way would be to Google my name, Andrew Hafes, and that would generally the first hit, you know, on the internet. There would be my faculty homepage, and you can see some of the cool research I'm doing. And uh, reach out to me, yeah. And the thing is, if you go to Bemidji State University and become a, an aquatic biology student, you get to do that research too, right? That's for sure. That's one of my favorite parts of teaching at BSU is that the undergrad research program is really strong and. I encourage you to come and reach out to you know myself or one of the other two faculty members there, Dr. Gilda and Dr. Cook, and get started on it as soon as you can. It's not theoretical research. I mean, this is stuff that you're working with the DNR and federal agencies. Things are being put in place based on the research you guys are doing. For sure. And I would say that there's more questions from the DNR and the other local agencies than I could possibly answer. So come and help. Okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> Andy, thanks for the time today. All right. Got a lot of great stuff this week on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Tomorrow we're going to take an in-depth look at Red River of the North, talk about the big channel catch you can get there, and they're hoping someday big sturgeon. We'll also check in with Chad Peterson in the Alexandria area on panfish. Nick Sakala from the Mille Lacs area will be joining us. Brady Loudon of Visit Bemidji and a Bemidji area guide will be on the show. Garrett Haglin out of the Brainerd Lakes area. He's from Pequot. And we'll check in with Dusty Minky to see how the bite is where he's been fishing and how things are going on the NWT forum this year. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to the podcast so you can listen whenever you want to and get all that bonus content, too. Do it at Podcast One or on the Pod MN app. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for being here. F-I-S-H-I-I-N-P-O-P-O-N-I-N-Country.